Welcome to Pullin' Weeds, a podcast of the Carolinas GCSA. We'd like to remind you that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of those of the people on the podcast and do not reflect the views of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association or any of its sponsors. Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of Pulling Weeds. Music today chosen by our special guest, Stephen Drews. Stephen, say hello to everybody. Hey, how you guys doing? Wonderful. Thank you. Um, appreciate you making time today with our co-host, Professor, a.k.a. Mr. Huntoon. That's me. I'm here. And all 15 people that call you Mr. Huntoon are here with us. Yes, they are. Not every one of them calls me that. In fact, there's some that call me uh, Jimbo, I've heard. Jimbo? Yep. Which that's what my entire family calls me, so I'm used to it. Kids too? Yes. What's your nickname? Uh, they call me Sleepy, a lot of people. Why is that? Some people call me Drews. Uh, well, my first week here at Ori Georgetown, I had Mr. Mark Flanagan and uh, come struggling in one morning and he was asking how the class was doing, so I told him Sleepy, and it just stuck with me ever since. That's awesome. So it has nothing to do with Snow White and the Dwarves or anything. No, that. I love my sleep. No, I, hey, I'm with you. Yeah. I, you can take a nap in the middle of the day? That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even without a hangover. I, not so much anymore now that I have kids, but I uh, used to get a lot of naps in. Do you not try and find the youngest one and nap with them? Yes, That's every key. Sunday. Isn't that key? Yeah. Yeah, like I, that's how I learned to nap again. Yeah, it's children. like a schedule now. Yes, that's okay. I'm mm-hmm. good for that. I'm good for that. Sorry, we're a little off topic here, Jim. No, we're right on topic. We needed to get the sleepy part out right away. That's right. It's funny, so the class apparently had brought that up earlier, and we didn't know if it was going to be acceptable to find out how that nickname came up. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of my college buddies still call me Sleepy. Some people call me Drews. Some people from high school call me Draws. Dirty, dirty draws. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought it has nothing to do with the hook then in the golf. No. But no. you play backwards. Does everybody know that? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people do that have played with me. Are you right-handed? Um, I do a lot of things right-handed and left-handed. Um, I throw a baseball righty, kick righty, a right lefty. Um, Dishes with your right hand, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Hold them up. So. We're, we're looking at a little crock pot injury here, yeah. folks. He's got the big chunk out of my thumb, swole thumb looking Mm -hmm. thing going on with the white tape wrapped around it. And you're playing golf tomorrow? I'm going to try to. Yeah, I'm supposed to play with Mike Banker and uh, had to call him this morning and inform him that I had an injury on my right hand, but he said it was all right. So he's going to hold the team down for us. That looks to me like super glue and Miller Lite will be your solution tomorrow. on there and nice gall. So we'll be all right. Jim, what's your worst dishwashing injury? Probably a very, very minor burn from washing dishes somewhere where I didn't realize how hot uh, the hot water heater was turned up, <laughs> but it was pretty minor. So Pretty minor, yeah. I've you? had a couple in our house. Oh, have you? Well, not me. My wife has broken a couple wine glasses. Yeah. One stitch is required. The other one the other day, it was like yours just wouldn't stop bleeding. I'm like, look, I'm the one on medicine. What the hell's wrong with you? Come on. Do we need to go to the dock? Right in the crease of the finger, too, so you can't even bend it. Yeah. Trying to play golf is going to be tough. Yeah, and then when you do, it's just going to open it back up. up, Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Good luck with that, man. Steven's got to make some putts. 
How old was the crock pot? Did you get in trouble for that? Ago. So it's uh, not like one of the grandmas or whatever. Uh, we got okay. a few of them. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. What were you making in the crock pot? Oh, dude, uh, Mississippi chicken. Okay, stop. Explain right now. What is that? Uh, chicken breast, um, packet of au seasoning, packet of ranch, pepperoncinis, um, I think a Lipton onion soup mix, cook it in the crock pot, put it on some rice. Sounds like a French dip, but with chicken. It's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, you shred the chicken up. Yeah. You can look it up online. They have Who's, like beef roast, pork roast, chicken roast. Mississippi chicken. Yep. That was worth the ride over. How long did it take you to get here? Uh, 45 minutes. Man, I appreciate you making the ride. Yeah, no problem. Because you're north, right? Yeah, North Carolina. We, Just across the uh, North Carolina, South Carolina state line. So if people say, where are you from, what do you say? I'm from Ash. That's where my house is. But the golf course is in Calabash, so you know, Meadow Lands is in Calabash. That's where I usually say. So he, he's you don't a Fayetteville say, guy. So you don't say Myrtle Beach? No. Nah, nah. Okay. Grew up in Fayetteville? Fayetteville, right outside, yep. South Park? Southgate, I mean? Uh, no, it's Stedman area. Okay. Um, Vander, Eastover, a couple areas right on the uh, east side of Fayetteville. That last neighborhood on your way out to Rayford, Southgate. Yeah. I had a house there for I know what you're talking about. a couple years. Mm-hmm. I lived in Fayetteville. I mean, Fayetteville. Fayetteville. Did your dad in the Army? No. No, uh, both my grandfathers were Marines. Okay. Um, neither one of my parents were military, so my grandpa just kind of settled in Fayetteville after he got out of the uh, gotcha. Marines. He was a diesel mechanic, so he started his own diesel mechanic shop. Both my uncles and my mom worked for him. Nice. Until he sold the business. That's awesome. Yeah. I so, used to work up there during the summers moving dr- uh, the big brake drums and Changing uh-huh. oil and bleeding brakes for my uncles and stuff. So, are you the mechanic at your course? No. No. Would I can't do it, but I try not to. Would you ever want to be? No. no. No, that's why I went to Ori Georgetown. I love doing turf grass. Right out of school? You knew you were going to be a superintendent? Like, you um, grew up and no, figured turf? No, not necessarily a golf course superintendent. I came out of high school loving baseball, and I did baseball fields, um, I would skip class in high school to go take care of our baseball fields and nice. mow it, overseed it, stripe the you know the lines, chalk lines, pitcher's mound, home plate. So I originally liked doing the baseball fields. I came to Ori Georgetown, and my first job was over at now is the Hackler. It used to be Quail Creek. So I learned from Allison Butler yeah. and Zeke Mims how to you know run the golf course equipment and take care of more precision turf. But I still love doing the baseball fields. I think, you know, that might be a path one day I'd try to go down. Sure. You know, if it were ever to open up. Nice. So, graduated high school and came right to Georgetown? Yeah. yeah. Didn't no, – no baseball anywhere? No, I fell in love with the golf course business. You know, it, it's hard not to. Every morning you're out there, you're with nature. I'm a big nature guy. I like fishing, hunting, um, just being outside in general. I've always been – Big fan of nature, so. So you hadn't left the coast since you came back to Ori Georgetown? Um, yes. When I graduated, um, I left World Tour and went back to Fayetteville. My wife, we started dating. She's from Fayetteville. She grew up right down the road from me, so um, we reconnected after high school, moved back to Fayetteville, and I started working at Highland Country Club. Okay. Uh, Private Donald Ross there. Um, worked there for three and a half years and did a 
pretty much full-on renovation of the golf course. Um, tees, bunkers, greens, we dug them out, redid USGA spec greens, um, kept bent grass. Um, one rarity at the time. Mm. Everybody here was kind of flipping going to Bermuda grass, so we dug them out, and the membership wanted to keep bent grass. So when would this have been? 14, 2014. Okay. Yeah. Right after Pinehurst and Mid Pines kind of had gone back to original Donald Ross, you know, they had restored it back to like their original. And they actually found the plans of Highland Country Club in an attic of a house, the original Donald Ross plans. Oh. Uh. So that was uh, super neat to see. You know, the, the architect that came in was actually a past superintendent and he had built a couple or redone a couple of Donald Rosses and he uh, laid out the plans in a notebook for us, hole by hole. And you know, was that got, Spence? No, we had Spence and um, had Shape Masters, but this was Tommy Grisham. Okay, I don't know if you know him or not. No, nope. uh, he went down to Oklahoma and built a couple courses, and um, had kind of been taught how to read Donald Ross plans. So they brought him in. The Greens Committee did. I'm a Ross junkie. Yeah, there was three um, in the running for the renovation, and they went with Tommy Grisham. I yeah. think he had some pools at the club. You like Ross? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's the best. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's. I like it. You know, in America, I feel like he was one of the more influential designers. Don't disagree with that at all. Jim, who, who would you say? Favorite golf course architect? Yeah. Hmm. Man, uh, it's difficult for me to pick just when it changes, Tim. I okay. do like Ross. Um, I do like McKenzie a lot. Um, big Mike Strance fan as well. Strance I, guy, too. I yeah. could really take this down a rabbit hole, Tim. We need to. Yeah. It's all in preference. Yep. I've played some Rosses with, uh, with Sleepy before. Speaking of rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Anybody watch this Kiefer Sutherland stuff that's come out? Like, I used to be hooked on 24. And this rabbit hole is supposed to be better. I know nothing about that. Uh, oh, y'all might have to check it out. It's on one of them Paramount Prime Disney Plus bundle whatever things. But yeah. it's Kiefer, and they say it's 24 on steroids. Huh. I'll have to check that out. Anybody out there heard of this? Know what I'm talking about? Rabbit hole? Four of them are Googling it right now. All right, sorry, sidetracked, rabbit hole. Yeah. Okay, back to Sleepy. Is it, are you getting questions from the crowd, or you want to go with uh, – I, I do have some. Yeah, one of, this is grounds maintenance final, lab lab final today, Sleepy. And gotcha. These guys were asked to um, be here as part of it and also submit some questions. Um, and when I come, the lab stays indoors in the AC. Nice. So yeah. they got stuck inside today. Well, they get stuck inside a lot. We do go outside some, oh. but uh, they um, – they submitted some questions, so we are going to hit you with those here in a little bit. I don't have one queued up right now, but I will. Right. So, you know, um, Sleepy has another nickname, too, Tim. No. The Prodigy. <laughs> ah, okay. Where did that come from? Just his ascension up the ranks in such a quick manner. So my question over here, work path to current spot is viable at this point? It is. What's your work path to your current facility? Sleepy what, prodigy. Um, so started out. Um, so you graduated from Ori George. Graduated. Uh, went back did to my Fayetteville. internship at Myrtle Beach National. 
Uh, did a greens re renovation from bent grass to mini verde. Uh, left there, went to world tour for a little while. Had bent grass. Just kind of got tired of the bent grass thing, but ultimately went back to bent grass at Highland. Okay. So, um, when I left world tour, like I said, me and my wife were, which is now my wife, she was my girlfriend at the time, uh, we're getting back together. So, um, moved back there and spent a few years, um, redoing the Highland, uh, golf course. And, um, after we reopened, just kind of, I wouldn't say I was burned out, but, uh, just tired of the bent grass, you know, hand water and, you know, that's, that's a grind, um. Felt like there was more at the beach here for me. Uh, looking forward to my career, more golf courses and maybe more opportunities. So we moved back here uh, to Sunset Beach, Calabash area. Um, started working at River's Edge, um, Arnold Palmer Golf Course. Um, beautiful golf course. It's up in Shalot area. Um, so we had past Balaam, Seashore past Balaam Greens. We um, overseeded them and they struggled through the winter. So. Uh, we closed down for the summer and put in Sunday Ultra Dwarf. So, really, I have almost four greens renovations that I've done throughout my career in a short period. I mean, it seemed like there for a while everybody was just redoing greens. Um, the Paspalum just kind of panned out, I guess, after a while. It's a tough grass to keep on your greens. Um, um, the reel's dull and just doesn't roll quite as well, I don't think. Is it working out in other areas, like fairways, tees along this? Yeah, this yeah still? I say so. But you get a lot of Bermuda contamination back into it after a while. Um, I believe at the time, and I could be wrong about this, but I believe at the time, River's Edge was the northernmost golf course to yes. have Seashore Pass Palum on greens. Okay. So, um, and that was due to right up against the Schlote River, you know, the salinity of the water. Yeah. Stuff like that. The bent grass didn't do well, so they figured we'll try this Paspalum. Um, but Paspalum doesn't like to be overseeded. It just didn't do too well from the trip being on it. Okay. So then from there, where'd you from go? From there, uh, Farmstead Golf Links, which is now closed for uh, – it's flattened. They got houses going up on it pretty soon. But that um, was the one with the par six, five, par, par six, six yeah, that 18. crossed the state line? Yes. Um, so, probably was four or five holes in South Carolina. rest of it was North Carolina. Did you have to have both states spraying license? No, no. They, I just had to have North Carolina because that was where my storage facility was. Okay. Um, so, that was all I had to keep up there. You had to have two liquor licenses, though, right? At the uh, Well, the beverage cart couldn't go into South Carolina license or South Carolina because we didn't have our liquor license. Um, so, she just stayed right there at the state line in, in North Carolina. Plus, at one point, we were just mini bottles only, right? Yeah. And y'all were free pour. Yeah. I remember that being a big controversy for a while. So you, it was. So you mentioned it closing down, yeah. right? And uh, what what's it like when you get that, when you start to get word of that, Stephen? You know, you get start to kind of hear that it might happen. I know you are you work for a single owner at the yeah. time, and, yeah. and he's wrestling with the decision. Uh, how did you navigate through all that with your employees and yourself um, i know it was a it was kind of a it was kind of sudden wasn't it, was, it? yeah um i had no knowledge of it our general manager he knew about it um they just kind of called me in one day and said hey we're we've sold it to a developer and 
we want you to come over to Meadowlands and take over it. Um, it was a shot to the gut. I mean, we had spent all that time and had future plans laid out, and for it to just close like that, it's just it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it was in really, really good yeah. condition. Yeah, Tim. we had just it, had a yeah. uh, superintendent uh, championship there, and it was phenomenal. Was it harder on you, or do you think it was harder on your employees? Oh, it was hard on all of us. I mean, we all kind of took it hard. Um, you know, I was struggling with what was I going to do. Um, I was about to have a baby at the time. So that played a lot in the role of me coming to Meadowlands because I didn't want to have to, you know, go out searching for a job, you know. And they, and it meant, it meant a lot to me for them to come to me and say, hey, you know, we respect what you do enough to bring you over here and try to change the culture. Um, you know, that's that's what I'm all about. It speaks volumes. I yeah. think your peers speak highly of you too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, prodigy, I guess, makes <laughs> sense because you're what, 24 now, 25? 35. I'm just kidding. Man. It's going by quick. No doubt. No doubt. 35. And how old are the kids? Uh, Carter just turned four and Cole will be two in October. So you're gonna be right about the same age as their graduation yeah, as me. Yeah, I had him about the time of the Carolina Cup meltdown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a meltdown. I mean, shouldn't fall on you. I mean, there's a whole hell of a team out there that lost five and a half Ugh, points that yeah. day. So it's, it, the, the egg's been cracked, oh, Tim. So I think we need the story now. No, there's yeah. no story. He doesn't need to tell it. But I mean, it's I tough. got some revenge. I got yeah. coming up. Yeah, June 26th, I believe. That's the Is qualifier. That, yeah, and you're gonna host it for yeah. us, right? Yep. He's going to host a qualifier for us this year. Two at, spots. At Meadowlands? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Excellent. It's the only one we got on the books. We're still waiting for another one somewhere between Charlotte and Greensboro is what we're shooting for. You know, we used to get the most feedback from the guys at the beach that said, why are your qualifiers always so far away? So now we're going to have one, you know, That's on right. the coast. Yep. So they can all come and try. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Home field advantage. We do find that those people who host qualifiers tend to qualify at their own facility. <laughs> so hopefully this injury will be healed up by then. Oh, yeah. We'll be we can get him back, back on the team. He'll be fine. We are going to um, the Golden Horseshoe this year in Williamsburg. Really? Or no, the Horseshoe Resort. No, you playing the gold, is yeah. it, Golden Horseshoe. It is Golden Horseshoe yep. in Williamsburg. Yep. And playing the gold course, I believe. Awesome. For the entire time and staying there. So that's why earlier I was asking about Williamsburg. Dan was in here and he made some. We were talking about war, yeah, memorials and references. Yeah. And so anyhow, I have to go to Bush Gardens. It's a nice spot. What's that? Is that an amusement park? Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, I don't do those anymore. Sorry, I'm not allowed to do roller coasters oh, no. anymore. You need to just hang out in Colonial Williamsburg, which yeah. you guys will be right there. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. It's a cool spot. So I'll go walk around and look for all the old cemeteries dated like 16, 1700, and y'all go do yeah. roller coasters and we'll I'll call tell it you, even. James River Club was. Awesome oh, facility. It was I a good really spot. enjoyed that. Yes, that was a good spot. Yeah. Sneaky little corner of wherever, yeah. whatever little cove we were in there. Yeah, and the, the golf museum they had in there. Oh, my gosh. Jim would have appreciated that. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. You would have. You'd have spent more time in there than us. Yeah. I love a good clubhouse. It was a little clubhouse. Yeah. Little big. clubhouse, little course, like 64 and some change maybe. It's like sticking a little Camden, like in a little spot, yeah. like kind of like right on the... The back of it was right on the James River there. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. It's like a little RTJ, like little, just a little spot of it, though. 
Golden Horseshoes in RTJ. Is it? Mm-hmm. In R? What do you mean? No, I meant the course RTJ. I meant the Robert architect. Trent Jones. I oh, meant the architect. It, it is and yes. oh, yes. both of them. I believe the the green course I believe is a Reese Jones, but the old one, the golden one you guys are playing is a is a Robert Trent Jones. Family gig. Exactly. Who are, are all these people? Have you everybody in the crowd decided to call my cell phone? Is that what these random numbers coming through are from Maryland and Utah? That would have been hilarious if the class would have gotten together and done that. What's the best prank that's ever been played in class so far, Jim? It hasn't is, is been any pranking class. No, this is no this this is not a pranking they class. They haven't pennied you in yet with the door. Not yet. We only had a semester together, so. Do you think they even know what penning somebody in is? I don't know if they know. I don't know. Do you know? Mm-mm. You youngsters. Were you like the dorms like you used to live in? You'd take like a, a couple pennies and hammer them into the door jam like right there? So you, you couldn't, you know what I mean? Like on a door <laughs> it wouldn't open because there'd be so much pressure between the lock and the, you never pennied anybody uh, in? No, I like that though. Yeah. So. All right, sorry. Hope y'all don't. Hope you don't get pennied into the room one day. Take notes. <laughs> For the record, Tim, I'm only eight months younger than you. So That's why I'm surprised <laughs> about this. But I guess you know. I don't know. Anyhow. All right. So, who are some of the folks that you've worked with um, so far? I know one of them, Matt Smith. Correct. You worked uh, with Matt at one point. I did not work with Matt. He was at Farmstead prior to me. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, he was the superintendent and went to the Wilmington Municipal Course. And you followed him. And um, I came from Rivers Edge. Uh, we were in the, kind of the same uh, golf group, East okay. Coast Golf, as Farmstead Rivers Edge was. So um, the general manager at Med- uh, Rivers Edge knew the general manager at Farmstead Meadowlands pretty good, and kind of helped me land the job you know i did the interview process and everything but um landed the job at farmstead you know and it was in really good shape when i took over matt did a heck of a job there um had everything pretty much an agronomic plan laid out and then i kind of adapted his plan and tweaked it a little bit to bring what i like to do and you know i was a first time superintendent kind of coming in so it was nice of him to kind of lay that out let me see what he had been doing. And anytime I needed help, I could pick up the phone and call Matt. And he was awesome about coming and helping me. If I had irrigation issues, he would drive down from Wilmington after working all day. And that speaks volume of him and the oh, person wow. he is. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You know, and, and we had the two-wire decoder system there. So tracking down a, a faulty decoder would take about all day. What is that? Help me out. What's, what, is, what are we talking about? That's a situation, Tim, where you don't have um, satellites at all. You have you hear you hear about two wire systems now. That's like the two wire system. But back when Farmstead was built in around the year two thousand, that was really new technology, and they hadn't perfected it, Stephen, as no, well as they have no. now. So um, it was a very early adaptation of a two wire system. Yeah. So instead of having a satellite where all the wires ran to a satellite, um, each individual head correct me if i'm wrong steven Two has heads, every station every, yeah every yeah. station had its own decoder where um that's what would communicate with the central yeah and mm. and if they're not grounded right um lightning will blow those things if you get a strike it can blow out a whole fairway of decoders mm. so they have surge protectors on them and everything like that and they're underground yeah. yes so they get dirty 
Yes. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, Matt was pretty diligent. Like, uh, the guy that installed it, he had just buried them and taped them around the head, but Matt went through and put valve boxes beside the heads and had everything tucked in there nice, so you could just pull it right out and work on it. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Matt's yeah. been a great addition to the board of directors, yeah. Tim. I think so. Yes, He's for sure. He's a very smart guy. Yeah. No, I've enjoyed spending some time with him. So I didn't realize y'all never actually worked together. Nope. But you all, you you two were golfing buddies at the time already, weren't you? Uh, no, I'd never met him. Really? Um, he was at Farmstead, and the first time we met was right after he had left, and I got the Farmstead job. We were out to eat in Shalope somewhere, and he was like, hey, are you, are you Steven? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, I looked you up on Facebook, saw your picture, and I just saw you. We were in the same restaurant together, so he introduced himself. That's cool. The rest is history. And, That's know, awesome. We still ride to events together, and – Spend time together when we can. Yeah, y'all rode, came up for the local yep, association yep, president's yep. meeting. So, Speaking of that, your president, is that correct, of the Palmetto Golf Course yes, Superintendent Palmetto Association? Association. So for all the people out there that aren't from the Carolinas, um, tell them who the Palmetto chapter is, what they're all about. Uh, so I'm, if I'm not wrong, it's the largest uh, association as far as golf courses go um, with membership and everything. Um, you know, we try to do continuing education events, golfing events, along with that if, when we can. Um, family nights, if we have, you know, room and the participation is up. Um, it's a great association, you know. I, I try to be a member being at the state line of the Cape Fear chapter and be the Palmetto president. So um, that way we can work together and, you know, I can see what they do at their events and, you know, add it on to our events. Um, yeah, it's a great, great board of directors we have in the Palmettos, and I really like, you know, spending time with them and planning events and doing things. Eagle Point's not a bad one to add on to the uh, events roster no, there for that, being uh, a member. I think there is. They're supposed to do the Mike Claffey at Eagle Point next year, I believe. Yeah, I, I think actually I had the pleasure good. of playing it a couple months ago. It's special, yeah, isn't it? Matt Smith was able to pull some strings and get us on out there, and so uh, took Bankert up there. And, Nice. He enjoyed it. We walked and had caddies. It was a beautiful day. So have you worked for Mike? Yes. Yeah, I worked for him for two years at Myrtle Beach National. Okay. He was the director there. Which course were you at? Uh, the South Creek. You learned anything from him? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, a lot. Um, you know, as far as agronomics go, you know, he was a great leader, but just how to be a superintendent and how to make it fun to be at work. You know, there was all kind of things Mike would do after work, you know, to show that he cared about his employees and spend he, time with them. Yeah, he uh, he has a lot of intangibles yeah. in addition to um, agronomic knowledge and experience, right. doesn't yeah. he? Oh, yeah. Um, so. You know, even, even if you're out mowing greens and he rides up and wants to putt for a buck or something, you know, who can get it closer to the hole, you know, just he's always out there and – you see him riding around, and he's a good leader, that's for sure. He's always I, been positive. Yeah, I try to mimic a lot of what I do off of, you know, what he did and the things I saw from him. And, you know, he's always at events, and he brings his guys with him. And that's another thing I try to do is, you know, guys that are interested in turf grass, make sure you bring them to the events and show them what we have to offer. That's amazing. Yeah, networking's huge, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. So how far inland would you say the Palmettos reaches? Like, so you mentioned you go up to kind of the border between North and South Carolina, go into around Florence maybe? Yeah, yes. yeah Richard, I'd say. He's, you 
Traditionally, the Florence clubs have been yeah. members of the Palmettos and the and the Midlands. And yeah. Midlands, right? Yeah. Um, Even then, you go down to about Georgetown. Yeah, Polly's yep. somewhere around there. And some guys in Polly's like to be members of the Coastal Plains yeah. as well. I got that confused with Cape Fear, didn't I earlier? No, you're Cape Fear, right? You Cape said you were both. Wilmington area. You're yeah. both Cape Fear yeah, and North Carolina, Wilmington yeah. down to Shalote. We had a great match at Cape or down at uh, Coastal Plains tournament last uh, June. Yamens Hall Club. Mm. Yamens. I love that place. Yep. That's a special place. Yes, it is. You been to Yamens? No, I haven't. I'd like to. Maybe one day. Yeah, I'm still trying to knock off a lot of courses on my bucket list. So, you know, I've put a good dent in it the past year, but maybe this next year I'll get down there. I think they're having another event there June. June the fifth. Yeah, fifth. I just, I just, I just talked to Kim and I'm signed up. Yeah, I'm gonna have to sign up for that one. Did y'all get over to the chalk mine earlier? I've played it. Stephen has. Yes. Oh, I thought so. How is that? It's great. Yeah, um, very unique piece of property right there. How you the get? One, how you wiggle into there? Uh, let's see. I went to the Masters last year for my first time, and my college buddy Josh Dunaway. He's at um, Augusta Country Club. He's the director there. So he knows the guy that was over the chalk mine. It hadn't opened at the time, and Mr. McNair called him up and yeah, asked him if we could come over and play. So we walked eighteen holes. That's pretty special, right yeah, there. Yeah, it's awesome. They have because uh, it's a short course, right? Yeah, it's a short course. Uh, he kind of just built it himself, mm-hmm. and um, it's amazing. He he just dug it out of a, a hillside, I guess, and it's a high property, so you can really see a long ways across Aiken. He's doing some shaping for the Brian Bros now. I yeah. was going to say he's crafting another golf course as we speak. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it was better than the Cradle. I would yep. say so. Really? Yeah, it's harder to get on. That's for dang sure. Yeah. I've played the Cradle. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned Josh. He was a classmate of yours. You graduated here in '09. Yes. And who are some of the other um, people that you graduated with? Josh, wait, Shoemaker, the Quad Father? No, Dunaway. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So. Um, that are still superintendents. Mm-hmm. Josh Fleischer, right? Josh Fleischer's down in Florida. Paul Copeland. Um, Wild Dunes. Jeff Love used to be a super. Um, I'm trying to think, man. I don't even well, you, you, you produced some names there. That's that's good. What what are some of your, uh, your best memories from your time um, here at Ori Georgetown? Best memories here at Ori Georgetown? Oh, man. I'd, start, I'd say probably walking around Myrtle Beach with Don Lovett looking at plants and, you know. Did, did Don Lovett ever lock you out of a class? No. You were always on time? Yeah. Even if you were sleepy? Yeah. Yeah, usually uh, usually I was on time. I mean, it, I might have been tired, but I try to be there on time. It's <laughs> good advice. College life is tough, but. Go to class. Yeah, I mean, I was working. 40 hours a week on top of going to school. Um, so it gets rough. I worked as well. School all I can work, tell you, you is go to class. Work done. Just go to class. Grind. It'll all work out. I got a question from the crowd. Uh-oh. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? 10 years. Um, I would like to say still being a golf course superintendent. Um, area, I'm not so sure about. You know, it depends. That's a kind of a question have to ask my wife uh 
she's not real big on moving. We we like where we're at right now. So, you know, whether it's Meadowlands or another club here in Myrtle Beach, um, you know, it's ten years ain't that far away. So, I mean, you know, anywhere around here, really, um, I like where I'm at right now. You know, young really, kids, I, yeah, young ten kids. years will fly. <laughs> Having young kids, I I like spending time with my kids and being a dad. So, uh, you know, I have flexibility and um, where I'm at, and have a good assistant and Alex. Um, so, the team I have at Meadowlands is great. So, uh, if anything else comes about, then I would be interested in looking at it. But as far as ten years, that's it's not that far away. So that no. was could be anywhere. That was one of the positives of you switching from well, of the closing of Farmstead, yeah. wouldn't you say that you were able to bring over your employees from um, your best employees from yeah, Farmstead? That, that's correct. Uh, WJ pretty much said, you know, he he wanted me to do whatever I thought you know was necessary to, to uh, make Meadowlands succeed. Um, it felt like the first few years I was a golf course superintendent, I just had so much thrown at me every year, whether it was a hurricane, um, the winter kill year. I mean, that, that, that was a rough Tough. year for Myrtle Beach. Then we had COVID. Um, so I became accustomed to cut. You know, we got to cut this. Let's cut this. Let's, you know, we're not doing too well. So it's actually been nice since I've moved to Meadowlands. Um, it's been blossoming everything golf seems to be on the up rounds are up um, i feel like agronomy wise meadowlands is is right where it needs to be you know we're moving forward doing things that um need to be getting done and um i, I you know the team at meadowlands is great um everybody has their own nick of what they do and they can bring to the table um, as far as equipment goes, I was able to combine what we had at both courses into one. So now, you know, I got two rough mowers, fairway mowers, triplexes, you know. Um, I have a full-time and part-time mechanic, which is huge. Um, the part-time mechanic is a diesel, old diesel mechanic, so he keeps up with our oil changes and stuff like that. And then Guadalupe... He's more of my real guy. You know, he takes care of the reels, grinding. Um, he learned from Eddie Peel for a little while, and Eddie's one of the best around. Um, so we, we do a good job. So there was a silver lining a little bit in the closing. You were able to bring people over Eddie, and yeah. keep some of the people at Meadowlands that wanted to that's still right. be there, and yeah. you kind of had the opportunity to have double the equipment. Yeah, that's right. right. And yeah. I felt like, you know, the first few years I was a superintendent, I was trying to take on a lot doing it myself and I didn't have that all right you need to delegate and let other people do their work um, I was just trying to I was beating myself up stressing myself out trying to grind and spray and irrigation you know it was a lot um, but you know now at Meadowlands I'm trying to take a step back and be more of a planner and an organizer and um, that makes us a lot more successful I feel like so you talked a lot about facing adversity, right? So uh, you just named some different things where you faced adversity. Have you ever faced adversity with employees? I've told some of the gentlemen in this room some stories about some of the difficulties that I've had over the years with employees and, yeah. and dealing with that kind of adversity. How do, how do you deal with that, Stephen? Um, 
Yeah, you know, part of being an employer is you have to learn to deal with, you know, problems your employees might be going through. Um, you never know what people are going through at home. Um, you know, just the other day I had a girl wreck her car and totaled it. She was, like, all upset. I had another person whose house caught on fire, um, you know, you never know what's going to come up with your employees. And, and as a boss, you have to be understanding and try to help them any way you can because um, they're your family at the end of the day. And, and I spend just as much time with them as I do my own family. And, um, you know, we're a team. So everybody has to buy into what I'm looking for on the golf course in order for everything to run successfully. And I'm, I feel like I'm good at bringing the best out of people and getting, you know, getting the best out of people, you know, because they see me out there working and, and they respect that. And, you know, it, it trickles down from the top a lot of the time. How far west have you been? West? Yeah. You're from Fayetteville. You went east. Nashville, I yeah. think. Yeah, we went to Nashville like 10 years ago. So you hadn't crossed the Mississippi? No. Mm-mm. How far north have you been? Niagara Falls. Oh, nice. Yeah, so... Uh, was it cold my, when you went? My or dad's grandma was from Chicago. Okay. We went up there a few times before she passed away and saw her. So we took a trip to uh, Niagara Falls while we were up there. Um, it's probably... Florida? Yeah, I've been to uh, my bachelor party. We were at uh, Miami. Uh, Fort Lauderdale. Well, nice. Right outside of Miami. You lived it up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Nice. We won't talk about any of that uh, on here. No, just in case. <laughs> so That's awesome. Yeah, hopefully one day uh, I'd like to go to Key West. Yeah. Do some fishing. For sure. Yeah, that's one of, on my bucket list for sure. Isla Mirada. Are you a uh, deep sea or an inland fisherman? I can do both. I primarily do inland. Uh, it's costly to go out deep sea fishing. But, I, you know, I have friends that go out and marlin fish and wahoo fish but what are you chasing reds yeah yeah i like flounder reds speckled trout oh that's nice. the main reason i moved back to the beach really you know the golf course is one thing but saltwater fishing that's where it's at oh yeah i've been doing it since i can walk that's awesome my family has a beach house at uh topsail island ah so we've been going there since i was my grandpa built it when he was at um camp lejeune he bought a piece of property. It was one of the first houses on the north end of the wow. island. And it was just his fishing shack. And him and the family would load up and go down there for the weekend. He would fish. And that's who I learned to fish from was my grandpa, which, you know, he's no longer here. But I try to carry that on and teach my kids. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. You got another question? I do. Just hot in from the press? Yep. No. I got another one there, but I got one. I've, uh, I had one queued up. What would you tell a high school student that came up to you and said that they were interested in going into turf grass management? Uh, it's a very rewarding career. Um, you know, it's not a quick progression. Um, you definitely have to put in the hours and try to learn every day. I'm still learning to this day. You know, I, I try to pick the brains of my peers and you know, go online and pretty much, you know, you can look up anything online nowadays if you really have the accessibility to it. But um, turf grass is 
it's like being a doctor almost. I mean, it's not the pay you're going to get for a doctor, but you're you're taking care of a living, breathing organism, and uh, you have to learn to be a problem solver. You know, at the, at the you know forefront of your daily operation, you're problem solving ninety percent of the time. Um, so, whether it's disease or you know dealing with golfers, or, you know green speeds, whatever it is, you know golf course turf grass is a lot tougher than you know, home lawns or, you know, I'm not going to say athletic fields, because, but you don't have the golfers there 6 o'clock, 7.30, ready to go play. So it's, you know, especially in this Myrtle Beach market, you know, we're double teeing at 7.30. So you got to be there early. You got to like to wake up early and drink your coffee, you know, and, you know, talk with your crew and, you know, you got to be a good leader and set a good example, but. It's a rewarding career. What time y'all get? What time y'all getting in? If you've got double shotgun at seven thirty, or double T start, I should say. I have guys that get there at five a.m. Uh, some of the early birds they start mowing greens or raking bunkers. They're there at five, or they'll sit there and have coffee and read the paper and then go out. Um, I try to make the board up every day before I go home, so I don't have to get there as early. Nice. That's what I was gonna <laughs> say. You don't have to have a ready break type moment every morning. People no, know what they're no, doing I for the most late. part. You know, I'm there four or five o'clock almost. Some days I'm earlier, but um, I always make the board out before I leave. That way I can hang around a couple minutes earlier at the house. Um, just depends too what we got going on. Winter time, if it's frost delay, you know we're hanging around for a little while and um, socializing. I have a couple of girls that like to cook lunch, um, so they'll cook us gorditas or. Taquitos, man, we got it made. That's awesome. So I'm getting this belly on me right now. So. <laughs> you see why he's a prodigy, Tim? Yeah. Oh, man, I, he's, did she I get cooked, it? Yeah, she cooked lunch today. It was taquitos man. and gorditas. Man, I was at a course recently, and there was some corn looked like growing. I mean, it's a little section about like this big at the end of a building, you know, and there's these huge yeah. six-foot corn stalks growing. And I'm like, how oh, you growing corn? He's like, no, it's not corn. It's some other name, but it's the – it's the corn plant that they're just using the, the husks off of, basically, yeah. to wrap. Yeah. Yep. I'm blown away. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah we, we got, got a garden in Meadowlands. We okay. cleared out a nice 5,000-square-foot area that we can plant our garden. So you'll be getting fresh lunch cooked oh, yeah. as well yeah, this summer once it gets going. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. You have wow. to come by one day. And we'll no doubt. That's awesome. Meadowlands is on the rise. On the rise. It's on the rise, and people so is ask Mr. me. Drew. Oh, he is. And but when people ask me about hidden gems and in the Myrtle Beach area, it's um, it's becoming less hidden and more known. But it's on the rise. Accessible, semi-private, public. Yeah, we have a membership of about three hundred um, that get you know early booking times. Uh, they get use of the range, uh, discounted rates. Um, we have the trail card, um, but mainly we're spring and fall, we're outside play. Um, but, you know, during the winter months, summer months, the membership, they play, they have big, large outings. And we have big local groups that play too. Um, I'm sure they play a lot of the courses, but a lot of returning big groups that come. The Elks? They, yeah, just because they love Meadowlands. The Myrtles Inlet Elks are. Do not have the uh, means to go all the way up to uh, okay. Calabash, North Carolina. Now there might be some, the Calabash Lodge may may head over yeah. there, but oh, yeah. 
Yeah, but not not the Elks. Tim. Okay, gotcha. My bad. And they've been banned from Heritage, just for the record. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! It's not your episode. <laughs> nope. I just got to. They just got to worry about Section Eight and seasons and the goofers now. Oh boy! All right. Anything? Have we have we forgotten anything for? I think we're. For I think sleepy? we're. I think we're pretty good. Sleepy. Anything you need to tell the world that we've forgotten? Um. Former bosses, you want to thank? Just enjoy playing golf. I think the game of golf needs golfers, and you know, if we're playing golf, then golf's doing good, and try to give back to the game that we love. Well said. Thanks for coming on today, man. No problem. Thank you. Yep. Appreciate you, Stephen, and everything you do to uh, serve the industry. Thanks for saying do do, Jim, <laughs> and for all you do do for the association. Thank you. I look forward to giving back as much as I can. Look forward to working with you in the future, man. All right. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Pulling Weeds, a podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. Stay tuned as we will have another episode out soon. For further information on the Carolinas GCSA, please visit our website at carolinasgcsa.org or call our office at 864-843-1150.